your gift, yeah, your gift is a seed. You can easily be the change that we need. Keep your mind alert and your heart with peace. Be the change that we want to see. Yeah, go and share your gift, yeah, your gift is a seed. You can easily be the change that we need. Keep your mind alert and fill your heart with peace. Be the change that we want to see. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Mentality Unchained. I'm your host, Kevin Thomas, the therapist. And this is Jalil, the producer slash co-host. What's going on, everybody? Look, this is uh, our show, Mentality Unchained, and I got a special guest here this uh, t- uh, this evening, and her name is Ashley Flanagan. She's actually uh, my co-worker, and I will say she's a, definitely a friend. And uh, she's a smart cookie, man. I'm telling you, she know her stuff. But one of the things that I wanted to talk to Ashley about uh, is some of the population, the people that she's actually seeing in her office. You know, I talked about people in my office quite a bit, but uh, she's going to shed a little light on that. But let me tell you a little bit about her. Uh, She goes by she, her, hers, and she studied psychology and Spanish at Florida State. University, graduated with an MA in clinical psychology, sports and health uh, specialization from Adler University. She uh, has worked with community resources such as the, the HAND, CCCOC, NISRA, and One Love. She is an LGBTQ plus affirming therapist, certified ally with 50 plus hours of training and culturally, uh, currently training for cognitive processing therapy for trauma certification. Please give her a hand clap for joining Mentality Unchained this yeah. evening. I like her I face. Like a try hard. <laughs> like her uh, face I feel like she... a try hard. What? <laughs> her face when you was reading everything off, oh, she's just. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, she forgot she had all those certification. And well, I didn't know you were gonna read it out loud. If you're gonna read oh. something out loud, I've been like, th- like, why would I make you read all those letters? That's so oh, nah. mean. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Good thing you just be glad that I didn't ask you to tell me what all of those are. But I won't do that for the sake of the show. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> some of them are like applicable, but gotcha. yeah, I mean, you don't know what one love is. Yeah, I do know what one love is. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, no, but awesome. uh, the other letters is a lot. C, 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 C. No, but yo, uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us, Ashley. Uh, and I call her Ash and mm-hmm. we we are great colleagues. And like I said, she's uh, real, really close to me. And I appreciate her knowledge. I appreciate our professionalism. And I just really wanted to have her on the show to discuss some important topics, I think. And but before we get into it, I'm going to let her tell a little bit about herself other than her her uh, educational credentials. Let her give her a little personal uh, um, spiel of who she is. And we'll get right into it after that. Okay. yeah, thanks. Um, Great introduction. Again, sorry for all the letters. Um, But I am a therapist, uh, like Evan said, and with him. And something that, you know, what I've noticed with my own clientele, but also like in a personal life is just how relevant, you know, interracial dating and LGBTQ has been talked about, especially like together um, and how they've just been discussed in different places. And especially because I've lived in different places of the U.S., like from the South to the North, um, Midwest even is a little different too. And just how everybody's talking about those things. And I think part of the reason why I was really excited about coming on to this podcast is because I feel like my circle sometimes is, you know, very 
you know, we were all very knowledgeable. We we're all very aware about things. And so I feel like I'm not always in touch with like how other people are seeing or viewing things until I read about them on the news. And I'm like, what the hell? People still are dealing with this. So here we are. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Definitely. Thank you for joining us. And, and you know, everybody that listens to the show knows it's about culture. And what we don't realize is that culture encompasses gender, it encompasses race, it encompasses environment, encompasses all of those things. And so tonight we wanted to talk about interracial dating and then the LGBTQ uh, population and how it's actually integrated within the last, I would say 15, 20 years into society. And now they're looking for a voice, they're looking for a platform. And so, uh, and for me being a heterosexual male, sometimes I may miss it. And, and sometimes I may not be able to speak to that, uh, what that person is actually dealing with. And I know as a therapist, I do have a few on my caseload, but I don't deal in depth with what is actually going on. So that was one of the reasons why I wanted to bring Ashley on here because she deals with that population extensively. And uh, so she knows uh, pretty much what goes on. So if we want to label her the professional at this point on the show, that's exactly what she is because she she's pretty knowledgeable about that. And so I mean, in comparison to you. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to really uh, bring that to the forefront. So let's let's kick this thing off by just telling us how did you get into uh, doing therapy with more with with that type of population with the interracial. Uh, population, the LGBTQ population? Yeah, I mean, as I guess, like coming out, like I am part of the LGBTQ population. So I identify as bisexual and poly. So there, those are like two kind of like stigmatized labels, even within the community. So I feel like I've had a lot of discussions about that. Like, it's one thing to be gay, but like sometimes even being bi is seen as like not okay. Um, like, why don't you just go be pan or something like that? So there's a lot of like questions, a lot of, you know, even judgment that we receive in our own community about those things. Um, and also part of like why I wanted to bring up like interracial dating is because like personally, like what I've experienced and also, you know, professionally and just the different ways in which people talk about it. Like, um, I've lived in the South, I live in the North and like I've lived all over and how we communicate questions or like why are some things even still a question um but those are real so like when I'm with a client like we sometimes have to go through like how many layers of oppression do you fucking have like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. are you a woman are you any type of like BIPOC do you also are you gay like mm -hmm. what's going on and all of a sudden you have like eight layers of just the things that they have to deal with on a regular basis um and do if you yeah. Do you think that's part of the depression is that uh, having to work through those layers or trying to uh, um, identify or uh, to other people of, hey, I'm this, I'm that. And then I have to explain it, you know? So oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even like we have the different ways of even talking about it. Like if you are disclosing, it's everything coming out. So if you are going to a doctor's office and you are um, a trans person, then you are having to disclose to the doctor that like what you're going to see underneath this gown is not what's going to be on my identifier. And that's a disclosure. It's not necessarily coming out, but they've had those conversations all the time, especially if you're like at schools, right? Like don't use my dead name. Like, how do I tell you what my real name is? 
and have you respect it and have you use it in the classroom without coming out to the whole population of the school. And it's, it can be really mentally exhausting. Um, even like having conversations with my own family, they're like, you know, when are you going to find a guy? And I'm like, well, <laughs> fun fact, uh, it can be anybody really at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, then it's like, just a constant like reminder and just another reminder that like, you're kind of different than what everybody is expecting of you. And that was, can be hard. Was it, was it hard for you, um, as a therapist or educated, uh, lady to, um, come out per se, uh, like just really go ahead and identify yourself as poly by was that a difficult thing for you it was i waited until i was 28 to do it um and it's something that i talk with a lot of people who you know on like different levels and sometimes in a very general way to kind of hide my own questions underneath it mm -hmm. um and a certain part i just start feeling less authentic as a therapist, when I'm working with, you know, my clients who are brave as hell to come out and talk about things all the time. And here I am, and I haven't come out yet. And that was a huge thing for me. Um, so I felt really, I felt less authentic the more that I was working and not telling people about who I was. Wow. You guys have to know who Ashley is for her to say she felt less authentic. <laughs> so I, I can appreciate that, that, that answer. So, but yeah, big ups for, for doing that. And I, I will say, and, and in all honesty is that as African-American men and, mm -hmm. and just the culture in general, that wasn't something that we, you know, we, we accepted, you know, to be honest with you. And mm -hmm. so to see right now how so many African-Americans are actually embracing it and coming out, uh, I think, you know, uh, for them, it's authentic for them. And it's all, also a way of saying, hey, I've been this way for a long time. And now I feel free to do that. And so... It, it, it's, it's just like, you know, for me, uh, I don't shun it. I don't disagree with it uh, in terms of what that person wants to do with their with them with their lives. Uh, and so I, that's why I choose to counsel those as well, because hmm. at the end of the day, we're all people. Right. And we have to look out for one another. And the way all this hate is going on in the media and, and also in our cities, in our communities, it has to stop. And well, so, yeah, well, easier said than done, though, especially if it's like, if it's not part of a conversation, like if you're sitting there, like it's not even on our intake, Kevin, like right. I have to sit there and be like, what's your preferred pronoun? Mm -hmm. Because it's not even like a thing that is regularly asked in sessions. Yeah. Um, how do we get it more a part of the conversation? Like, tell fucking tell me, like, I'd love to know how do mm -hmm. we talk about it? and not have people squirming in their seats or feel like, I, mean, I don't know, do you guys feel like it's just like people don't know enough about it? Or do you guys feel like it's just like still really uncomfortable to bring up sexuality? What does it feel like? Yeah, you know, sex in general is, is still a taboo subject. You know, people don't wanna talk about it. It just like, it's off limits. And that's just part of, you know, that's part of humanity. That's what happens, you know? And so yeah, to even talk great. about, to even talk about sexuality, it's just like, I mean, you go. So me personally been great raised by grandparents. 
this is a subject that we would never broach. We would never have the conversation. No about. birds and bees. <laughs> oh, look, if my, my granddad had 14 kids, so he couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't tell me. He just kind of showed me, Hey, it's 14 kids. What else to say? Right. Mm -hmm. But, but no serious and all seriously though, seriousness though, is that, um, me dealing with that population, I feel more comfortable than I did, uh, I would say 10 years ago, 15 years ago, even having the conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it for me now, it's just so much respect for them. Um, not to say that I subscribe to that way of life, but again, I respect them for even living in that truth. And so mm -hmm. for, for them to be able to live in that truth, that it takes a lot. Yeah. Just like you were saying, you know, it, it took you to 28 to, to, to come out and say, hey, this is what I am. But I think it's a braveness. It's a it's just a, a, a it's a big deal to me to see someone come out like that. Do you like if we have to describe it as brave and we also have to acknowledge that, like, it's not safe. Yes. Right. Yes. And yes. like that's something that for especially like when we look at statistics, right, mm -hmm. like who gets murdered the most oh it's you know black trans people like a hundred percent so how do we how do we even have that discussion too like yeah it's i love the fact people are living with their truth how do we also keep them safe mm -hmm. and not that i ever felt unsafe um but there's i mean there's moments in college where and I guess I was like part of me not knowing things too, or my own awareness, because I had friends who came, who were lesbian and identified as black. And they were like, yeah, this is my, this is my truth. And it didn't feel taboo to me. It didn't feel wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where even like growing up in Chicago area, like there's certain just parts where it doesn't feel like it's, it's outside of the norm mm -hmm. until you've go outside of those safe areas and you're like oh yeah i forgot like this sucks so i mean what if your experiences are like you know for the most part safe i never felt unsafe with like my own parents i like me coming out of them was just more like hey that vision of the wedding that you thought was happening maybe <laughs> won't look like that like just prepare yourselves <laughs> or if i invite sarah or sam you uh -huh. know to the barbecue how do we have that discussion wow um, is your dating life easier that you are by? So like on dating apps in general, does it make it easier for you to date out here? <laughs> no, because I'm in the suburbs. It's not easy at all. <laughs> like it's not great. Um, yes and no. I just, I feel like what happens is, um, especially on the field, like on what I'm on for dating apps, I'm not like, it's very geared toward LGBTQ, but also geared toward the poly lifestyle. So you're on there and there's like couples looking for a third, or there are people who are just like wanting casual hangs. We call them commons. Um, and it's like, when you have those different levels, you have to really know what you're looking for because otherwise you can get kind of lost in it. Um, so I wouldn't so, really say easier. I'm glad you brought that up too, because um, you, you've said Polly more than three times already. And I want you for... <laughs> No, no, you're good. You're good. I want you for the audience to describe what that is. And then also some of the levels of the LGBTQ community. Yeah. No. Okay. Because they may not know. That's all I'm saying. That's no, that's fair. Um, poly is non-monogamy. So monogamy is one-on-one. -on -one, so it's like you and your partner. 
And poly can be a variety of different types of relationships that you have. Um, think about it like how many best friends do you have, Jalel? How many best friends? Uh, I say like th- one, three, or four, oh, maybe three. like three or four. Okay, you're, yeah. You're like close, dad. like like cl- like close people. Yeah, I would say about mm, three. Three, and then like other friends outside of that, right? Associates. Yeah. Yeah. Associates. <laughs> Associates. <laughs> You know, they're like my level two friends. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how poly works sometimes. It's like where you have different levels of relationships. Um, mm-hmm. Everything is consensual. Everybody knows everybody that's like within your polycule, um, mm-hmm. like your little family. Um, I am also an anarchist when it comes to poly. So I don't believe that there's hierarchy, um, but a lot of poly people believe in hierarchies. Like you have you and your, your one partner, and then you all have like a secondary couple, maybe even a tertiary yeah. level. Yeah. Um, I, I believe everybody's kind of equal. Um, but then LGBTQ, you can have any one of a sexual identity identifier, like lesbian, gay, pan. Pan is like anything and everything. Um, and you, like there's so many in-betweens, right? Bisexual, all those things. Um, and you can still be poly with them. Monogamy right. and poly are just the difference between the types of relationships that you're having. Gotcha. Makes sense? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So where does that interracial piece come in at? Uh, tell me where you are with that. I know we brought that up. Well, I think part of my frustration with moving back to Chicago for grad school was noticing that it was not okay for Black men to be bi. Like that was almost seen as worse than just being outright gay. And I, I really struggled with that because I really didn't understand like what the difference was. But then I like brought back to an undergrad where I was dating someone who's BIPOC and I got asked, was like, would you ever consider dating somebody that was like black? And I was like, well, I mean, I am, but why was I, why was I being asked that question? And then I was like, are there people getting asked this question? And then if she's black, does that mean that like, that I can't say yes to a guy too? Like, I don't know. I, I felt like there's just so many questions I was getting asked where I was like, I didn't realize that people were asking these questions. Like, was I not allowed to? So then when I, when I went to Chicago, I was like, am I allowed to ask anybody like, Hey, would you, would you ever date me? Cause I'm white. Mm-hmm. Or, or are you going to date me because you fetishize whiteness? I don't fucking know. So mm-hmm. it's just like also that question of, is that, a, is that a question that we can ask each other? Mm-hmm. Or is that still seen with like a stigma? Like if I ask you that, then it becomes like a racial thing. Wow. And does that make sense? Yeah, I, I just didn't know that it was so complex. And, and so, you know, for you to say that uh, and break it down like that, I, I definitely... It, it, it does now that you're saying that it makes sense why you feel the way you feel. And, you know, again, it sounds so complex because at me as a heterosexual, if I were out dating again, it mm-hmm. wouldn't be that complicated, you know? And like earlier, Jaleel was like, is it that, is it easier being, mm-hmm. you know, bi or poly or whatever? And it seems to me it's easier to be heterosexual because it's not so complex. You think? I mean, maybe but if you come down to racial though, like it's, do you guys not get asked those questions? Is that not, is, I was wondering, like, that was one of my questions. Like, is that a, a piece of conversation that like bros have together that like, you know, friends have together? Is that a conversation? Like, hey, would you ever date, you know, someone who's Chinese? Or would you ever date somebody who's like 
Well, Cuban. Like, is that, I just didn't know if that was like a normalized thing. Am I, am I the, am I the outlier with that? No, it's definitely a conversation that people have, okay. but yeah, I mean, it's a conversation, but it's more so like, I see it more on social media, especially when you say that like black mm-hmm. men can't be bisexual. I see that conversation happening a lot where it's like a black a man or a black man you can't be by you either like one or the other yeah and i see that a lot i wonder why is that what's the stick like i guess the stigma that i also see too is that the hiv and the aids thing or men with their infidelity it's like I already got to fight against women now i have mm-hmm. to fight against men and women do you saying like in a relationship, it's just like assumed that a man's going to be like have an affair or something like that? Well, that's the that's the stuff that I see a lot on mm-hmm. social media when they talk about men being bi. They be like, oh, men have a bad history with cheating and infidelity. So it's like, OK, I got to worry about him looking at women. Now I got to worry about him looking at men and women or if I accept him from being bi. Mm-hmm. When he hang out with his male friends, do am I like do I have to worry about him sleeping with his guy friends or hanging out with other gay men? Like, what are they doing behind my back? Just not trusting that person. Well, I feel like that's a deeper issue then. Because like, if you don't trust your person, then like that's a you not trusting your person, regardless of like who they're around. Like, I don't care who you are. If you see Natalie Portman walking down the road, you're gonna be like, that's fucking hot. So if like if you are having a trust issue, doesn't matter what the population is that they like. You're right. So, so what are you hearing in session when it comes to that, uh, that you brought up, Ash? What, what are you hearing from clients mm-hmm. um, when it comes to that particular subject that you just uh, broached with us? uh like the infidelity part or okay um it surprisingly doesn't come up that much Mm -hmm. Um, but I also think that by the time they get you know on my sofa they have already like kind of like had their own development like their own sexual identity development Mm -hmm. and I'm kind of just like helping them process those things a little bit further um what I kind of like what Jalal was saying, like what I have noticed too is a lot when it comes to Netflix shows or just like any TV, not necessarily like, so, like some social media, but like also just what we've put out there um, and having a lot of backlash when it comes to even creating characters um, that are black and uh, bi or even having like real people like this is something I try to bring up to Kevin. Actually, maybe you can like, you know, be one with the millennial here. Um, the dating show on Netflix where they're like, like they didn't know each other. They're like in pods and they couldn't see each other, but they had to like, you know, date. Do you remember? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I thought she was about to bring up the one where they had the fake, the the aesthetics on and they look like monsters. No, that yeah, that one's great too. So you both know, so y'all know what y'all talk about. So <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, oh, so, so you've seen it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ash. Well, sorry. so one of the people on there, um, he came out to his partner at the time um, that he was by and it wasn't okay. And that like broke them up. Mm-hmm. So that's real to me. It's like, you know, I, I deal with the aftermath of those things mm-hmm. more than I deal with like the conversations of 
people fearing for the partner and infidelity. It's is more it, like, is yeah. it okay though? Is it okay for someone to say that I'm not okay with you being by if you're dating them and they find out like what you're just saying, is it um, not okay for them to say that or is not expected for them to say it? That's a good question because saying like, it's not okay is saying that like you have a preference, right? Like you right. prefer your partner to not be by. Right. Um, and I think that's not necessarily like not putting the context of like, okay, or not okay, but just more like, what are your fears behind it? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Jalel brought up a great point too. Like if you are worried about health when it comes to that, then are we like also basing this fear off of like stigmas that are maybe potentially outdated? Um, because truth be told, you can, you can really do anything you want to and possibly get anything. Right. It's great. Right. Um, see that's why that's why I say it's complex man it's just like it's like a fight and 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 I don't know if it's a fight to for LGBTQ to be accepted for what they believe or is it just a fight for uh heterosexuals to understand LGBTQ I don't know what the fight is really about I, th- I feel like it's all the above. Mm-hmm. It's like to be validated. It's to be heard. It's to be able to check the box saying, do you, are you the male women other? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's also, you know, kind of in place of like, it doesn't have to be something that's feared. Mm-hmm. You know, if your partner is bi or they're pan and they chose you, how cool is that? Like they, Jalel said, like I could have chosen, you know, so many other people in this world. I chose you. How sweet. Like, so even having like, like, how do we shift it? How do we shift the mentality from like a fear base to one that is understanding and uh, like accepting? Yeah. And yeah. Well, if somebody, so this is something I see all the time too. If somebody does not want to date a person that's bisexual or they are a trans, does that make them transphobia or biphobia? That's a good, I think it depends on the intention behind it. Mm. Because if we're coming at it because we feel like that's wrong, like that's wrong for them to even be that versus you having preferences, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like I can have a preference all day long. I don't like, you know, bald men with beards. Kevin's out of the (laughs) ring. (laughs) That's too much of my dad. I can't do it. Um, So if we're like thinking about like preferences versus like, where's that coming from? Is that coming from like, I don't like them, like who they are versus I just don't like their labels. So I think that comes uh, up quite a bit. So there's a difference. And I think this is what comes up in session with me. It's, it's preference versus the judgment. Um, And my clients feel more judged than them having a their the counterparts or someone else having the preference of being who they are i mean or choosing the people they want to be with versus judging them for being evil people because they like or prefer a certain uh uh gender or person so i i feel Mm -hmm. i get that a lot like yeah the judgment versus the preference i'm wondering too like if they never came out to you right like if you have a partner, Jill, and like she's comes out to you as bi later, like does that change how you feel about her? 
And if it uh, did, for me, no. But that's not a problem with the men. That's not a problem with the male community. Though. That's more so a problem with uh, with with women and men being by. And flipping that reverse. Okay. No, I'm just, but I'm just saying. You asking me? I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Most most yeah. men I know would not care if their girlfriends are by or even tried with women or experiment but when it comes to women and men i know i know way too many women seen it too many times where they don't want to be with a man that has done anything with any type of guy they could have been 16 and now they're 30 and they don't want that or oh they only or oh they okay i'm okay with them doing this but they better not have did that what Hmm. is that like what are the differences like what what are you seeing is like why why are those lines being drawn i mean just i guess fear fear and just i just not uh not understanding i think it's just like people just don't want to accept it mm-hmm. I, and i can't really speak for women when it comes to that because i'm not a woman so i don't necessarily know i just think it's just a fear that comes behind it and a lot of times when you see them talk about it it's a lot of ignorance behind the stuff that they say Mm-hmm. So they're not educated pretty much on, on the situation. That's what you're saying. They're not educated. They don't want to be educated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point too. Like how much are people willing to listen and talk to people, right? Like you said, like you have, you know, a list of different kinds of people you want to talk to. Like that's you thirsty for that kind of knowledge, right? Like you mm-hmm. want like to learn more. And that's a good point that not everybody's like that. Yeah. So and then at that point, like, am I just like shoving it down your throat if I bring it up, right? Because then I'm wasting my energy and trying to convince somebody and that's not great either. So. Okay. And you speaking in terms of, of, of trying to convince and you were talking about the show earlier and the media and things of that nature. Do you feel that uh, that population, the LGBTQ population as a whole is either overcompensating, trying to uh, push this agenda of this is who we are, accept it, accept it, accept it, versus allowing things to kind of manifest at an organic way, in in an organic way. What do you feel about that? Um, I probably, I think that question is coming from like a really, like a real place. Um, Mm -hmm. I also would call bullshit on it. Because if we're saying that they're overcompensating, people are dying. Like that'd be like BLM is overcompensating. Mm-hmm. Like if we're talking that like your rights are being restricted because mm-hmm. of just who you are, over I don't give a shit. Overcompensate, scream it from the rooftop. Like make sure that your voice is heard because if it's not, you, you might be dead in the morning. Wow. And that's like what seems real to me is I wouldn't want anybody the fact that they feel like they have to be loud about it means that there's a reason they have to be so loud right mm-hmm. when we're talking about blm this summer or last summer you know it was it's been around for centuries but it became a fad it became a trend which you know thank fucking god it did and like on top of that it's why did people call it riots versus you know protesting right mm-hmm. like how do we scream how do we skew that how what language do we use and we're talking about a group of people that just want rights. Gotcha. And uh, that's where, like, that's where I said that. Cause I'm just like, scream it, post it, yeah. do whatever you want, whatever you need to do. Because if I have to attend another social worker meeting with a school and try to fight for my kid to just not be called their, by their dead name, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. Like I will, I will sit in that meeting and I will have that discussion over and over again to make sure that 
my client feel safe in their environment as much so you, as I possibly can. So you feel more like an, an advocate for the LGBTQ? Yeah, I probably am a screamer. I'm probably that overcompensating <laughs> person. <laughs> um, I mean, not as much as like my friends and sometimes that makes me feel inadequate. Like, am I not doing enough? Mm-hmm. You know, like, should I be, I mean, I have like, you know, the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I talk about it on my platforms. I talk about it with like my friends, but there's always that feeling like, am I doing enough? Am I, yeah. am I representing enough? Should, do I need to get like, you know, the pride flag on my tattooed on my arm? But then I can't because it changes. Mm-hmm. So that'd be that'd be bad too. Gotcha, gotcha. So this question here is not uh, is not meant in a derogatory way, and it's definitely not meant uh, because uh, you know I love you as a, a colleague and as a friend. But uh, I have to ask this question because you know we have people that ask these questions. It's just that simple. What, what makes you uh, uh, qualified to speak on behalf of um, black LGBTQ? That's a, that'd be a really appropriate question. Um, What makes me qualified? Yeah, I would say I don't I guess qualified or just what makes you feel that you have to do that you have to speak up on on their behalf. I guess I can put it to you that way. Yeah, I think that probably comes from. I mean, I went to I mean, I went my grad school is at Adler University, which is a social justice program, Mm -hmm. and I think I've geared myself toward that because I have the privilege to speak and be heard. Mm-hmm. And that I feel like I'm wasting it if I'm not trying to make other voices have the same power that I could. Wow. Um, at the same time, you know, I, my goal is to not be white knight. My goal is to not come and feel like I can save you because mm-hmm. I'm not, what I can do is just like give you the resources that I'm aware of, that I have the education to do so. And then, you know, Kevin, something you said on your podcast um, a couple of weeks ago was like, you know, we give them toolbox, give them resources. And yeah. that's how, like, and I want you to go do that. I want you to feel like you are empowered as much as you possibly can to scream just as loud as I am. Okay. Well, so you just gave us a shameless plug. You heard our podcast. Was- yeah, I did, I did my research. <laughs> I listened no, to the podcast. No, I appreciate it. No, I, I, you know, and, and I will say this is that, you know, I think that social justice piece is just part of who you are. Because even like, I remember when we first started working together, it was just like, hey, we, we've been like, join at the hip from day one is like mm-hmm. you we we met each other and ever since then it's just been like you know yin and yang type of thing and and it's and and you know uh i think that comes from you being around many cultures and being able to uh understand other cultures and that that was one of the uh things that we discussed early on in a couple of our podcasts is like mm-hmm. how do you become part of other people and still understand their their fight or their plight when it comes to their their generation or their culture and I think you've done very well with being able to integrate yourself within many cultures and that says a lot about you know who you are your advocacy and you know just being a part of social justice I think that's huge thanks Kevin coming from you I'm validated now right <laughs> <laughs> um no I appreciate that. I mean there's always going to be like to me like a boundary that I, I'm not going to be able to 
move forward until I feel like I'm doing enough. Like that's just something that I don't know. I kind of like speaking, like my dad grew up with like, you know, he has 11 sisters and brothers. So if you wanted to be heard at the dinner table, you had to scream, you know? And I bring that to like, what I feel like everybody deserves to be heard at the dinner table. Like we're all here, we're all sitting together. Like, how do we make this happen? So is it a little bit of, you know, my personality to like want to people please everybody? Yeah, just a little bit. So I'm like, you get a voice, you get a voice and I'm Oprah, so. Gotcha, it's I gotcha. That's but, cool. Yeah, you're, I mean. You're, you're a regular comedian too, you know that, right? Just give, you know. <laughs> You you know, get a- I no 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 because that's funny you say that because I can hear Kevin from mm-hmm. my office laughing <laughs> with his clients and I'm like I feel like you're putting on a show. And really, like, I'm, I'm not like, putting on a show. So, like they find you so funny. Like what's going on? Uh, and you also can just hear Kevin's laughter from like probably miles away too. Whatever. It, but like, it resonates. Like comes from like a deep part. Of I, you know I what though? I, I I truly do enjoy what I do. And if I can ever get my clients to laugh because they come in so down and sad. And so if I can ever get them to laugh, that says that at least I can reach them some kind of way. And so, you know, uh, that's part of what, what, who I am. Uh, a lot of people like to say I'm kind of stoic sometimes, but at the end of the day, I'm about, I'm about that business. I mm-hmm. want to help people. And that's it. And, and as long as I, you want to help people, I think that we're always in good company. So when you, I know that you want to help people and I appreciate what you're doing. And so even from a standpoint of your practice and um, being able to speak to uh, the people that come in that identify in your population, and I hate to say your population, but the population that you're a part of, which is LGBTQ, uh, is it? Does it seem like it's overwhelming at times to have so many come in for the same issues uh, that they're dealing with, with the hatred, with the violence, with all the the sadness, the depression? Is that is it just too much sometimes? Um, well, well for, first, I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you, too. Um, do like overwhelming some days, some okay. days it feels like it's never going to change. Um, Mm -hmm. and especially out here in the suburbs, we, I still, we have the, we have a harder fight. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also know that other places have it worse too, where it's not even a conversation. And that I think would make me like super sad. Um, at least here, I feel like I can have a conversation, but I commend any therapist who works in those harder population spots or those harder areas and mm-hmm. still trying to have those population or still trying to have those conversations. Um, Cause I don't know, like what is like the Rockford conversation about this? Like, and that's, is, that's, that is a great, great question um, that because at the end of the day, it's not even a conversation to some people, Okay, you know, uh, the population in Rockford is like pretty much either, um, you don't talk about it or, you know, it's not accepted or uh, it's accepted maybe in a small part of the city, but, you know, it's not one of those things that is accepted widely throughout the Rockford area, to be honest with you. Well, can I go like even further? Like, was it ever a conversation in like your house growing up? Ab- well, to mine is absolutely not. It was never a conversation in my house. It wasn't even a thought in my house 
Mm-hmm. Um, what I, like I said, I was raised my grandparents in Louisiana. So, you know, they, you couldn't even, even, I don't even think I could have even wrote that on a piece of paper, more or less said something about something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they just that, but they were older in their age as well. So, you know, of course they were, they grew up in the thirties and in the, in the twenties. So they didn't, that wasn't part of their world. And if you like were to bring that in, it would have not been. Oh no. Oh okay. no. If, if yeah. I would have, if I would have came and told my grandfather or my grandmother that um, I was bisexual or I was gay, mm. uh, I wouldn't have been accepted. No just like kicked out or something yeah ostracized kicked out um just wouldn't be in a part of the family and mm-hmm. that's that's just real talk i mean and it's not something uh and i don't even look at it as bad either i look at it as what jaleel said earlier uneducated and and i have to also look at the fact that you know, uh, my grandmother had a fifth grade education and my granddad didn't even have an education. He didn't even go to the first grade. So I, I can, I can kind of empathize with that because they just don't know. They just yeah. wouldn't, and they're not educated on academic, academic stuff. So why would I think they were educated on, you know, something when it comes to gender? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. So I, you know, looking back on that, I couldn't blame that, but if they grew up in this era, that have been something different mm-hmm. well i mean growing up in this era like jaleel like what what have you seen or was that something like a conversation even in your house no not at all no and like kevin said i don't think my family like kicked me out or nothing but i don't know if they would be open to the idea of that just from the stuff that i heard from them mm-hmm. not to put anybody out there like that but that's just what it is mm-hmm. so, yeah. but but you like kevin said you can't really be mad at the grandparents because just like racism as well it's like you know they grew up in a different time so mm-hmm. a lot like a lot of people I know a lot of my peers they'll talk about their grandparents possibly being racist or saying prejudiced things and it's like you don't really blame them for that because the era that they grew up in it was segregated it was divided mm-hmm. so it's like okay you don't hold it against them it's just like okay kind of it just is what it is even though you know it's wrong you, they, you're not going to change their ways yeah yeah, because that would be like more energy than work. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I think, good... Go ahead. I'm sorry. You go, Kevin. No, I was going to say, and I think that's where we have to be when it comes to some of the older generation. When I say older, I'm talking about 60 plus, is that you you have to be able to understand the plight in which they, they kind of grew up in. You got to understand, you know, what the dynamics was at that point. You know, I mean, you, we think crime was bad now when it comes to gay and LGBTQ. You can't imagine, can you imagine them coming out at that time? I mean, that was like hell. Mm. So I, you know, so I, I don't, I try not to look past 60 and, and try to, you know, understand why they don't understand what's actually happened. But, you know, for the younger ones, I, I do question that. It's like, okay, we're in a different time now and we're talking about people. We're, we're, they're not aliens. We're talking about people. Even if you don't agree with what a person does and you don't agree with their preference, that's still not you to hate someone for what they choose to do. And that's just the way I feel about it. No, and I think that's a great feeling. And I'd love for you to spread that feeling with everyone. Because <laughs> um, something that I was like thinking about too is like, you know, 
the comments made, right? The comments that like our friends or family say like flippantly, like, you know, just whatever, like, oh, that's, you know, so fucking gay or whatever it is, right? And like, if you were somebody that's in the closet and hearing those things, like those are immediate red flags. Mm -hmm. Even if, you know, you are open-minded or if if someone did come out to you, you'd have a very different story or different like level of acceptance. It's those comments that are, you know, as said as like, you know, kind of offhandedly, but mean a lot to somebody who is waiting for safety, is waiting for somebody to, is waiting for a place to be able to come out. And that's why, that's why so many, especially like in my high school experience, like everybody graduated high school and came out. Like wow. it wasn't safe to do it or didn't feel safe. We did have, you know, one or two or three that felt comfortable coming out. I can't, they definitely got some level of bullying for sure. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, wasn't safe until you left and went to college. You know, college is it's a much more accepting, like, you know, just exploration stage. Like you're allowed mm-hmm. to like kind of, you know, explore those different areas of yourself. Um, and I felt like that was a real, a real turning point for me. Cause I had the belief like, oh, we're pretty accepting school. Like we have different populations. Like it's really cool. Mostly white. Don't get me fucking wrong. Um, it's the suburbs. So like this is mostly white, but I always felt like it was open and mm-hmm. accepting. And then hearing people's, my peers testimony saying like, nope, like absolutely not. Right. And it was the comments made either. So like, you know, those microaggressions or macroaggressions, right? Mm-hmm. Like different, we have a huge Latinx population in um, carry. And that was something that, you know, people, because they're hearing their parents or because the way that you're growing up, like you just say things because you heard them and, or you have some level of like racism to you. Right. And that's how it was. Maybe still is, I'm not really sure, but that impeded a lot of people from like feeling accepted and that sucks. So even amongst friends, like friends that I have that didn't come out until later, I was like, oh, you didn't feel comfortable coming out to me. But like, that's me personalizing shit. Like, yeah, mm. they're not going to come out because they have to go to school the next day. Right. Like, that's right. not going to be okay. Right. So like, wow. if a friend came out to you, Jalal, and then like the next day y'all are hanging out in a group, that could be a safety risk. Right. Yeah. Not saying that you're not trustworthy. Right. Right. You seem right. trustworthy. No, I would be very open and accepting to someone coming out to me. But would you feel comfortable like blasting that to your group no. even if like okay no i would not do that i yeah. would not do that at all you, you wouldn't do that because you you wouldn't want to put them out like that or you just don't feel comfortable what telling people that they came out to me personally yeah. i just that's that's like they trusted me with important information so why would i go and tell other people that like i would not oh, yeah. do that sorry no, i meant like would you put to your friends like hey if you ever want to come out I'm I'm good person to come out to, no, like. I wouldn't put that out there either. Okay. Yeah, like if somebody just like if somebody came to me and told me they they must have trusted me with something. So mm-hmm. once they do that, that's just what it is. Like I'm not gonna make a big deal out of it. Mm-hmm. What like, if you're like, the only person though? Would you be like, yeah, thanks for telling me. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. What's next? What app you on? <laughs> you on? You on? You on Hinge or something? What's going on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I think too like when we when we do stuff like that like you know when someone comes to us and say hey you know this is who I am you know and we accept it I think we 
the, the culture or, or the environment that we're in judges us for allowing or, or allowing them to be who they are. Like, so if I, if Ask came and said, Kevin, you know, this is who I am. Uh, and I'll say, okay, cool. Hey, I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. But then they look at me like, how could you do, how could you do that? And, and so th- that's the issue with the culture, the black culture is like, if you accept someone for being who they are, they, they shun you because you accept them. And, and so that's the, that's the issue that, you know, right now that's what i'm seeing a lot of okay. so if if you came out to me ash and i accepted you mm-hmm. and jaleel would be like how can you accept ashley like no, that no you, you know that, no you got that mixed around if it really was me, if no if it was me coming well out i you, know you yeah, you different yeah, you yeah, different yeah, but, that's, but that's just that's what i'm whole, saying yeah that's yeah. what i'm saying though but that's the culture though that we live in because people that's how they feel yeah. i'm not saying that you per se jaleel stop taking stuff personal but I'm no, no, saying. no. What I'm saying is I'm <laughs> saying like nobody, That's what, like I brought up earlier when it comes to women and sexuality, it's not a big deal, but when it's men and their sexuality, uh, that's what I, I mean. See. So if I was I to see. come out and you were to accept me, people would be looking at you different compared to Ashley. Yeah, that's, that's true. What, that's what I meant. Yeah. That's okay. a good point. Yeah. 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 So like there's a social just like there's almost like layers of judgment. It oh, is. Yeah. It is. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, and, and, that's true. And, and then when you confront them with it, it's like, well, it's not right. Or, and why, why would you do that? And it's just, it's, it's all these other things, but is that valid? Is that valid for you to say it's just not right? You know? So, you know, I I do find that that's uh, a thing that happens in some communities and I won't use a blanket indictment on, on, on a certain place, but yeah, that's where it happens. That's the black community say it. It, it does. It it, hap- it does happen in mm-hmm. the black community all the time. So then, are you just like almost as vulnerable as that person in that moment? Because- yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely, you yeah. are. And so, and then I, you know, you find people that don't even want to speak up to say that they accept that person for who they are because they feel like, okay, you're condoning what they're doing. No, I'm not condoning. I'm just honoring what they want to do because yeah. I I have no control over what they want to do. I'm just honoring that's what they want to do. It doesn't say that I feel that they're right or wrong. It's just, that's what they have. That's what they prefer. And mm-hmm. so it's not, it has anything to do with me. I still love the person. I still care about the person just the way they are. No, even changing that word, right? Condoning, like mm-hmm. you did something wrong versus yeah. honoring, like, mm-hmm. but it, what it what sounds like is that that's not even open for a conversation. No, no, it's not. It's that's not. like you and your training like that's all your experiences too yeah absolutely it is so but you know um this is a this is a great subject it's, it's a vast subject and we can go on all night right uh, well i mean i guess kind of like yeah we could you can end me anytime i can talk to that brick wall over there so i'm fine um i guess like when it comes to kind of bring back to like dating right like if your partner did come out to you would that be something that's like also kept a secret mm-hmm. you know like their sexual like so does it feel like we're getting any progress made does it feel like we're getting anywhere yeah that's the, that's the question um we ask in pretty much every dynamic of society now mm-hmm. when it comes to race when it comes to politics when it comes to gender when it comes to uh our youth are we getting any progress or are we just kind of just sitting and standing in cement shoes? 
you know, mm-hmm. are we really just kind of stagnant in a, in a, in a, in a era of life where we, we don't, we refuse to, to change or evolve. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I think that's a question that we ask from every aspect. Uh, are we getting any progress? You know, cause at the end of the day, uh, truth be told, I'm still looked at as a black man, you know, mm-hmm. no matter how much education I get, no matter how I, I respect other people, no matter how I engage with other people, no matter what I do, I'm still labeled that. And I think society is good at labels and wherever you, whatever you're labeled as is either you're going to be ostracized or you're going to be accepted and only accepted in certain areas of the world. So I think that's wait do you not want to be labeled as a black man oh no no i know who i am no right. that's for sure i know who i am but i shouldn't have to go around parading that hey i know who i am i'm a black man so no matter what you say or what you do i know who i am no i'm not saying that i'm all i'm saying is we are quick to put labels on things you want people on, to respect you as a human as a human absolutely okay. well absolutely. i mean it's you can't hide that you're black yeah, right. I was about to say. Yeah, nope. you can you can hide sexuality all day long. Yeah, you can. Yeah, but right? you shouldn't have to. Well, shoulds are beautiful. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't allow people to say should in my office. Yeah. Um, because like you, well, then we would shit all over ourselves all day, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it should be that. It should be that. And you're like, yeah, no shit. Um, but I think part of that too is just like, how do you know something so like integral to about your about yourself and be able to like own it mm-hmm. and feel comfortable owning it in any area right because it, even if you own it then it's almost like you are making yourself vulnerable for yeah. like any type of like safety issue sometimes too right like yeah, if you were yeah. to be confident and, and own your shit mm-hmm. in, in different areas what would that look like yeah right it's so like I I, I I used to feel that I used to feel I used to couldn't own it everywhere Mm-hmm. and it just over time the older i've gotten um uh the more uh accepting of who i am the more accepting of how uh i am uh, but i un- also understand that it doesn't matter what anyone says anyway you know you're going to be who you are and they're going to like you or they're gonna, not going to like you so i'm accepting of that and um when it comes to me i'm an open book anyway you know, so <laughs> I don't care, you know, uh, I'll self-disclose, uh, mm. which my professor used to tell me stop doing so much of, but I don't, <laughs> but I don't, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt me. Like a lot of people feel threatened if people know certain, certain things about them. I don't mm. feel like that. I don't, I, I don't feel like that. And it, and it didn't happen overnight either. So, you know, that's just something I just got used to. Uh, but at the end of the day, I do care what people think. So that's why I always put my best foot forward, no matter what. So. So at the end of the day, you do care what people think. No, but I'm not going to carry myself like I don't care though. Because, you know, if I, if I carry myself, like, I don't care what you think, guess what I'm going to do? I'm like, whatever, Ashley, I don't care. You can say whatever and I'm going to do whatever. But then I do care as a human being, Mm -hmm. how I come across to you. 
I don't want to come across as an arrogant black man or a conceited black man to you to make you feel a certain type of way. I want you to respect me. I want to respect you. And I want us to be able to have a conversation about life in general and be friends. Yeah. Like you don't want to lose that compassion piece. No, no, you can't. I don't think anyone should be. I think everyone should be proud of who they are because guess what? At the end of the day, did you ask to be born the way you were, were born? No. If you, if, 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 I'm not going to ask that question, but <laughs> look, you didn't ask to be born white in a redhead, right? No. no I didn't I did. ask to be born a black and a bald head with a beard. I didn't ask to be, but I am. <laughs> I mean, it's so, like the beard's a choice, but okay. It is. It is a choice. It is a choice. I'll say, the, choice. I'll say I the, beard the, is, the beard is the choice. The baldness is not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true, too. That's true, too. But no, seriously, though, you know, we don't have a choice how what skin we're born in. We're just and we have to deal with it the best way we can. Now, yeah. is there is is there a bad on both ends? Absolutely. It's like, you know, both sex are being treated, mistreated or treated a certain way. And uh, we have to as, you know, knowledgeable, educated people, we have to educate each other so we can all be accepting of who we are and who they are. That's, I mean, that's educating and listening, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, you can, you I mean, you are a beautiful educator. Like both of you guys have done such a great job of like bringing in tough points or like just like tough discussions mm -hmm. and being able to talk about them with like a kindness, right? Like we don't need, my friend was saying this the other day, like we don't need nice, we need kind. Like mm -hmm. nice is sugarcoating shit. Kind is like coming from a real place, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you guys always treat all those topics with a certain level of kindness and like, ha like even talking about relationships. I listen to that one too. And <laughs> just like, you know, I appreciate like the vulnerability aspect to it, but also being able to listen to different perspectives and like knowing where they're coming from, because I can sit here and listen to y'all and be like, cool. Thanks for the story. Bye. Right. But like, what am I taking right. away? And yeah. I feel like it's like who you guys are and how you deliver it. And then how you listen back to. So I yeah. think that's important piece. I have to I have to hold Jalil back sometimes because he be just want to get loose. You know how he, he's just yeah, I hold back. Yeah. I've really yeah. let you just like I let you drive and I just sit back and I just chill and I wait for my moment. But a lot of times stuff be the guests will say something and I'll be the wheels be turning in my head and I just be like and he don't want to put it out there that's what it is no it's not that I don't want okay. to it's just sometimes the moment just pass and I just like gotcha. oh okay they are they on a whole nother subject so I just go to I I'll reverse <laughs> I have zero issues you turning and reversing that if I tell him that, like all, I tell him yeah. that all the time I tell him that all the time he don't I mean, ever want to go back it, it depends on how good it is like if it's like a real legit question then yes but if it's just me trying to get a joke off real quick and trying to get some humor <laughs> then I'm just like ah the moment has passed so I'll just yeah yeah that'd be like an SNL sketch like actually can we go back I had a really great joke yeah, and I yeah. need you to yeah I need to, to save all that I need to get yeah. this yeah. joke off real quick so repeat what you well, just said can we make this a more inviting space? Like, what what do you need? Do you need, do you always take like a pause every sentence? Is nah, that, no, nah, okay. Nah, nah, we're good. We're I'm good. okay with being in a drive. I'm okay with being in a passenger seat. I don't need to always leave. That's, I'm fine with that. Yeah, you're picking the music. You're fine. You're yeah, yeah. But no, uh, but you know, uh, just to kind of wrap this thing up, though, as you know, like I said, you and I can talk for for hours, and but at the end of the day is that, you know, um, I think that you bring a great quality to your uh, practice. I think that 
the authentic uh, you has always shown. And I think that's kind of what has drawn uh, us as colleagues to a point where we respect one another and, and what we do. And I really, truly uh, hope nothing but the best for you as you continue in your practice. And um, I learned a lot from you today because, um, you know, we're always talking about our clients and things of that nature. But when it comes to this subject, LGBTQ and the um, and the biracial and interracial uh, dating stuff, I think that it shows how diverse uh, you are. So I, I appreciate that you joined the show tonight. And is there anything that you would like to say before you get out of here? You can say whatever you need to say. Get off your chest. I don't know. I was expecting and... to cry tonight. You don't leave <laughs> no, anybody. Not, we don't cry on the show, but we will if we have to, huh, Jay? <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Let's talk about that. Let's talk about toxic masculinity. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm actually, to be honest, I'm actually a crier a little bit. Yeah, just yeah, a we, little bit. We did a show, and he was we we was talking. One of the guys was talking about crying, so that was just a. It was just, it was well, crazy. Your, yeah, your brother was just like, I'm a crier now. And I was just like, yes. He was really You could have actually, if you actually could have seen, he was actually crying. He was crying. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I only listened to I didn't watch. Was it, could I watch it? That uh, one too? I, not, I didn't put not, it up. Yeah, it is, okay. I didn't put the video up. Yeah. I just listened to that on, on the, I just listened to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I if mean, you got something else to say before we get out of here. I mean, honestly, yeah, we could talk all day and when you asked me, I felt very like imposter syndrome. I was like, do I know enough about any of these things <laughs> <laughs> as a bi poly person? Uh -huh. But I think it's just, like, I just felt really honored that you guys wanted me on this podcast and that you guys wanted to talk about anything with me. It could have been jelly beans. I don't care. Like I was open to talk about anything with y'all. So thank you for having me. And, you know, I appreciate everything that like we've discussed. And if there's Anything that like your commenters want more information on, um, I'm down for a part two. Let's do gotcha, it. Gotcha. Uh, let everybody know uh, where they can find you and how they can get in touch with you, and especially if someone is out there uh, that is in part of the LGBTQ community within the Rockford, Crystal Lake, uh, Huntley region. If you need a LGBTQ therapist or someone uh, that you need to talk to about maybe coming out or mm -hmm. just you know uh being able to be comfortable in, with who you are let them know how they can contact you uh ashley yeah um for sure you can find me on our lantern therapy website uh, which is lanterntherapy.com and you can email us you can call the office and for sure they'll get in touch with me um if you want to find me non-clinically I'm on Instagram and my handle is really cringe. So bear with me. It's queen sippy. Um, cause I, I sip a lot of my drinks. I, the, the amount of bottles I have that are not finished is crazy. Um, so that's me. <laughs> you can find me there. Um, but overall, like if you want to do a clinical conversation, Lantern therapy is your number one way to get to me. Um, so I'm sure Kevin, you've repped us before. We probably have some links somewhere. So keep following him and you'll find me. That's for sure. <laughs> either either <laughs> on you know social media or like in your office legit so yeah gotcha gotcha yeah. jaleel what you got to say before we get out of here man i have nothing to say you always nothing. do that he always uh, he always do that i don't have nothing to say oh I, I don't have i don't i don't have final words i don't know well, what to say. 
people always give you advice to do at the end. That's what I've noticed. So mm-hmm. what's, what's some advice I can impart on Jay? Um, keeping you, but also like, thanks for having this conversation and telling me truths. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So as we get ready to close, I just want to thank everybody for joining Mentality Unchained. Uh, I always say at the end of the show that we all have the ability to change our situation. Only we can focus on what we can change ourselves. So don't be focusing on everybody else. Focus on what you can do and you will be okay. So I just want to thank you guys for joining Mentality Unchained. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.